Carcinogens, plastics, and chemicals. Oh, my. Frustrated with your pain or injury? That sucks, but I'm here to help. Hi, my name is Denise DeShetler, and I'm a body worker and educator. Why is it so hard to find the care we need to feel better? Most of my clients have asked that question for years until we started working together. Now I'm going to help you find those answers. I'll explore different health disciplines and chat with talented practitioners. We'll share our insights and practical advice to help you get the results you need to feel good again. Because seeking the right care for your health can be a pain in the arse. But with me, your wellness journey will turn into a fun-filled adventure. Buckle up, baby, for the Passionate Health Advocate Show. Welcome, listeners, and thanks for joining. I'm happy you're here. Today we're going to a place that exists in many parts of the world, but not as common in the U.S., and the focus is on breast cancer prevention. Let's buckle up. Welcome to the land of thermography. We are searching for Patricia Licardi. She is a thermographic technician, clinical massage, and neuromuscular therapist who has a whole health educator with medical thermography practice in New York City. Is that you? It is, and thank you for finding me in the world of thermography. Well, Thank you, too. This is awesome. I'm so happy you reached out and invited us here, and we are really excited to get started, and we want to know all about thermography and what brought you here. Well, I have been a um, health practitioner for over 20 years and um, always interested in uh, the physical components of, you know, like body work, and I was a breath educator. I was a neuromuscular therapist. I was a kundalini yoga teacher. And I was always interested in the more um, medical aspects of it, you know, and then mm-hmm. working with plant-based medicine. So it's been a passion of mine. Um, fortunately, I've never had an illness that I was using my body to find the way to, to, to heal myself. Um, I've been blessed with good health and um, I'm just passionate about health. And as a body worker, I had to find something that was easier on my body. And I wanted to be able to work with anatomy and physiology. And um, through a year of asking, you know, what is, what is source or whatever we want to call that energy in our body, what is it, what is it, what is it is seeking to emerge through me? And after a year, it was thermography. So I, I bought a franchise with Breast Thermography International. And I was so thrilled because I could use all of my anatomy and physiology and it was just easier on the body. And so I've had this practice for over 10 years and I've imaged thousands and thousands of women. And um, what really promoted me to write my book, which is thermography and the fibrocystic and dense breast, because as a practitioner, and I'm sure you see that as a body worker, you start to see certain um, patterns that start appearing in people. I started seeing over the years, the influx or the increase in environmental estrogens and, you know, it's coming from plastics and this phenol A hormones and meat. And these are, they're called xenoestrogens or endocrine disruptors. And they're coming from outside of our body. And on thermography, uh, and I'll explain actually what thermography is. I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself. But 
um, classically, it can look like leopard spots. And I got so alarmed because I was seeing them even in children. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're living in an estrogen dominant world. And so I started writing blogs and wrote for, you know, local magazines. So I've really been on top of this estrogen for probably eight years. <clears throat> and I have a breast um, protection detox protocol that using plant-based medicine that within six months, a woman's breast completely turns around and these estrogens are gone. So um, to tell you a little bit about what thermography is, thermography is uh, it's an evidence-based, um, non-invasive um, adjunct screening to an anatomical screening for what we think of it, it can do the entire body, but we're gonna talk about breast cancer here. Um, it's been around since 1954 and it is a study of heat. So we know that cancer is hot, and anything else isn't. So everything starts in a state of inflammation. So the camera is basically a very high-tech thermometer pointed at the body. And now they're all over the world because of COVID. And um, it's just look, it's just measuring the heat coming from the body. So you know how we have auric fields and we have chakras? Well, we also have x-rays and we have um, light coming off our body in the field of infrared. And what this camera picks up when our body is unclothed it picks up these, um, this infrared coming from our body and it can detect the varying degrees of inflammation and it can detect if it's cancer or it's not cancer, it's not looking at anatomy, it just actually is looking at heat. Mm-hmm. So um, it can actually cut out 80% of biopsies because if it's a lump bumper assist and women are getting biopsy, particularly if they have dense breasts, then if it's, there's no heat, then leave it alone but it is an adjunct, it's not a standalone, it's an adjunct preferably to an ultrasound that is environmentally safe. So um, with that being said, uh, the reason I wrote my book is because in, in two days, I had nine women presenting with the same thing. I said, wait a minute, there's a pattern going on here. You know what, really our breasts are monetized. That's what they are. Breast cancer is the most expensive cancer. It makes the most money. And there is $15 billion spent on breast cancer uh, research. And that's only one to 3%, one to 3% is on prevention. So once it's found on a mammogram, an MRI and ultrasound, they have to treat it. That's not prevention. Once it's found on a thermogram, it could take eight to 10 years, depending on how fast the tumor grows. And it could be a fast growing tumor, it could be two years, but on the average, it's anywhere seven, eight, 10 years before it will physically show up as an anatomical structure, something that can actually block an X-ray beam. So once it's found on thermography, that gives a woman plenty of time to start changing her lifestyle, changing her diet, do special blood tests, you know, get on top of her, on top of her health. And um, uh, there have been studies, there have been 25 and 30 year studies on mammography and that's the uh, Journal of American Medicine and the British Medical Journal. And what they found is that the harm outweighs the good. And uh, a million point three women have been overdiagnosed, overtreated, particularly with ductal carcinoma in situ. They found that a woman will die with it, but she won't die from it. It's kind of like men with prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. They'll die with it, but not from it. So um, we're one of the few countries in the world that's not using this. It's in Japan, Brazil, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Germany, Canada. Um, again, we, it used to be covered by insurance until 1984 and the mammography lobby took it out. 
and it fell on the um, back burner for 10 years with misinformation. But it's slowly coming back and um, the FDA is using the cameras that we use, the ICI cameras that's being used for COVID all over the world. But it would be interesting if it gets picked up by um, insurance again, because they would have to say, you know what, we're gonna be working with breast cancer on prevention because the way it is now, it's just about treatment. With uh, a traditional mammogram, are you saying that it's already past the state? If there's something is picked up in the mammogram, we um, are already past the state of what a thermography scan would do? Yes, well, <clears throat> you know how in school we study anatomy and physiology, but this is actually physiology and anatomy. First comes the heat, then comes the anatomical structure. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, there will be the cells are starting to replicate. And then it may take years before those cells are literally on fire before they actually coalesce into something small enough, even if it's tiny, that can be seen on a mammogram, on MRI, or an ultrasound. But by the time it's found and it becomes an anatomical structure, it's been cooking on the back burner in the stages of heat for anywhere between seven, eight, or 10 years. Again, a fast growing tumor. So really breast cancer screening shouldn't be um, misconstrued with breast cancer prevention because once it's found, it has to be treated. Now, fortunately, a lot of women are, you know, they're, they're beating cancer, but you know, this year it has topped $20.5 billion in the expense of breast cancer. It's the most expensive cancer out there. Um, Again, there's very little spent on prevention. And, you know, I mean, breast cancer will always be a tragedy that befalls a woman because these are our breast. You know, this is the most disruptive cancer there can, there can be, but we have to say, what is pushing this? What is the driving force in this cancer? Um, and I can talk about some of the things, but they said in the next 10 years that cancer is going to increase by 30%. That's not just breast cancer. Wow. It's the board. Why are we not talking about that? You know, it's huge. huge. And then you'll never hear the word carcinogens and plastics and chemicals in breast cancer awareness month. Never, never, never. Um, And we certainly, they're not telling us how to prevent breast cancer by eating a certain diet, by being uh, deficient in iodine, vitamin D. It's, I mean, the breasts thrive on certain things, just like our brain thrives on certain nutrients and, you know, our heart thrives on certain nutrients. Well, our breasts thrive on certain nutrients too. So we just, we're going to discuss what our breasts love and take care of our breast and get early screenings. I mean, a woman should be doing, or would be wise for a woman at the age of 20 to do thermography because she can get a live image of what her breasts look like. But again, we're seeing so much environmental toxicity from um, the xenoestrogens that they actually show up. And where else can you actually see the toxins sitting on your breast? It's crazy looking. And I had a woman just a couple of days ago. And when I got a report back, the doctor I'm working with in New York City, the, the words out of my mouth was, whoa, whoa, whoa. She was covered like a leopard, head to toe in these splotchy marks. It, she was estrogen dominant. So there's things that we can take for that. Sulforaphane from the broccoli kingdom, DIM compounds from broccoli, uh, progesterone. They know how to take care of estrogen uh, deficiencies, but Mm -hmm. a a lot of these breast cancers are estrogen driven. 
but these are not estrogens that you can go to your doctor and check your hormones because these are, <clears throat> these are um, estrogens that are synthetic chemicals that mimic our natural um, estrogens. And honestly, to be, I'm sure you've read about this, but it's linked to a wide range of um, human health effects. Um, it reduces a sperm count in men. And in 1983, they started seeing that men's testosterone levels were dropping uh, about 25%. Their estrogen was going up 45%. And um, going back, I don't know, 10 years ago, I was listening to um, NPR. They were doing a special on uh, the Chesapeake Bay in Maryland, and they found that male fish were becoming female. And they said our endocrine system similar to fish. And I'm like, seriously, I don't know how that can be, but that's what they said. Mm -hmm. And now they're finding that amphibians, male frogs are getting uh, uh, eggs on their testes. So again, there is um, this, this estrogen dominance and we're living in an estrogen pool. Children are being born in this sea of estrogen, but um, I'd like to share how this came about. And it was at Duke University, they were um, in their lab, they had breast cancer cells and a test tube and they started proliferating. And they were like, wow, what's up with that? Turns out that the test tubes were leaching plastic. So oh, they, wow. yeah, they took all these household plastic like Tupperware and you know, um, Saran wrap and all the stuff that we use in our kitchen and they chopped them up and put them in a saline solution and put them in a Petri dish with breast cancer cells. It was like fire on gasoline. They proliferated so quickly. So that was actually something I'd written about years ago. But the other thing that they found is that um, the lining on these cans that we get like our coconut milk and our beans, I mean, really, what else do you get out of a can? They found that, so these chemicals, these xenoestrogens, they're like, they're called bisphenol A or um, BPAs, phthalates, parabens, and they've done uh, breast uh, uh, tissue samples and they almost always find phthalates and parabens. And these are coming from personal care products. So whatever we put on our body mm -hmm. is going to be absorbed in about 28 minutes and 28 minutes, 28 seconds. Um, so again, these, um, this, uh, this environmental group, they tested the metal food cans lined with plastic and they found that to be leaching hormone disrupting chemicals in 50% of the cans tested. So these levels were 27 times higher than what they found at Stanford University to enough to make breast cancer cells proliferate. So reportedly, 85% of the cans in the country are lined with plastic. So if one is having the coconut milk or, you know, we're getting beans from a can because, you know, it's easier to get a can of beans and cook them all day, but they will have BPA free on them. So that's one thing that we want to stay away from. We want to stay away from the things that are actually increasing. And um, about a year and a half ago, 12,000 doctors came together and um, approached the FDA wanting to have cow cheese labeled with a warning for breast cancer. And the reason being <clears throat> is that these are factory farmed animals. And, you know, ethically, we know that this is like, you know, this is like a concentration camp for cows. And they are not only horrified, terrified, they're being given hormones, they have their own hormones. And with a 
horrors that they're going through, then they are secreting their own um, adrenals, their adrenal glands are secreting. And this is going into the cow cheese that we're eating. And I don't know about you, but I love grazing at a cheese board. And you know what, the holidays are coming up and we're gonna have cheese boards. I personally am so skeeved out, I can't eat cow cheese anymore. But I will go to the farmer's market and get cheese from a goat. Um, I, I just want to stay away from the cow just because of what I've, what I've read. But that's interesting that they want to label it as a risk for breast cancer. Wow. That is a, a lot to take in uh, for anybody listening. And uh, there's a lot of information to unpack here. So listening to what you're saying, where do we start? So you, you're talking about, okay, with you know a 20-year-old woman would be ideal to start getting the thermography thermography screening and then obviously what's going on is affecting men but we're going to focus on the breast health for now and what what do you advise us to do getting all this information it's like so do we need to change our diets what are steps that you advise for people along with the screening to help with breast health okay we know that the breasts love all the cruciferous vegetable family um Actually, the breasts don't like alcohol. And there's been studies that have been kind of hidden um, promoting the pink ribbon campaign with alcohol. But we know that alcohol is not the best for our breasts. Look, we all love our glass of wine. But um, interestingly enough, coffee turns into estrogen in 45 minutes. And even your mainstream GYN, if a woman has tender breasts, they'll say get off coffee. You can normalize your breasts in a few months just not having caffeine. So we love plant-based. Think about what makes the, the best breast milk. You know, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be chicken wings and beer, but you know, it would be eating things that are, you know, plant-based, you know, all the healthy oils, um, not fried food, just going back almost to what's called our um, ancestral diet, plant-based. You know, if you're gonna eat the meat, make sure it's pastured in a humane way um, limit that red meat that's not good for the breast, you know, I mean, we know we have certain body types and everything. Um, uh, vitamin D is crucial for breast health. It's crucial for all health. And they have found that women with breast cancer have suboptimal levels of vitamin D. I tell my kids, you have to take one pill the rest of your life, <coughs> excuse me, let it be vitamin D. Um, and they know now, even with COVID, that there's a connection to lack of vitamin D. And Women who have darker skin, they are at a higher risk of vitamin D deficiency because they have melatonin in their skin and they, you know, they don't absorb the sun as much. Iodine is crucial for a woman's breast. And we don't hear about that. You know, we, we don't hear about iodine. And particularly for vegans, it's harder to get because we get it from shellfish, from milk, from yogurt, um, seaweed, but we have to make sure there's no Fukushima seaweed coming to us. Yeah. Uh, so what do the breasts thrive on? They, they thrive on the vegetable kingdom, particularly the cruciferous. There is something called sulforaphane that comes from the broccoli seed and the broccoli sprout. Um, the breasts love that. It has the innate wisdom to go right to those receptor sites and metabolize it off. It just knows how to do that. It can actually turn off breast cancer stem cells. Um, iodine, uh, they did, uh, if, you, if an animal is deprived of iodine, they will get lumps in their mammary tissue. So there's a big connection to the endocrine disorders, which would be breast, thyroid, prostate, ovaries, 
in pancreas. So um, in the 60s and 70s, when they told people to stop having table salt, that's where we had iodine in the table salt. So this was when I was growing up. So my parents got all these crazy salt combinations. They weren't salt. They were like vegetable combinations that took the place of salt. So they would actually mm -hmm. save the food, right? They were salt, salt, um, salt replacements. But then they took it out of the bread and they, they put bromide in there. And bromide, if you've ever gone to the store and you see King Arthur's non-bromiated flour, I know he's got it. Well, it must be good. It doesn't have bromide. I don't know what the heck bromide was, but it actually is a halogen like, like um, iodine, but it's up there with fluoride and uh, percolate. So it's a bad halide. And what it does, it doesn't allow the thyroid to uptake the iodine. So everybody and their mother started having hypothyroidism, which is a link to breast cancer. Interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Bromide is illegal in Europe. It's illegal in California. And if you look at king, um, uh, bromiated vegetable oil that's in Mountain Dew, you look it up, it's connected to mental illness. Wild, right? Wow. So then they took it out of the milk. It used to be in the milk. We had iodine. They cleaned the milk, the teats with iodine. So now we don't have it in the bread, the milk, or the salt. So 10 years later, all the endocrine disorders started dovetailing. Breast cancer, thyroid cancer, pancreas cancer, ovarian cancer, um, uh, pancreatic cancer. And with that came nodules, fibroids, cysts, all connected to iodine, but you can't patent an element. So we hear nothing about it. And that fell into the dark ages. Now he's like, oh, when I heard about iodine, said, oh my God, it's like radioactive iodine. I'm not taking that. But mm -hmm. Dr. David Brownstein, who has been proponent of iodine for years, he did a study of 6,000 patients and found that 96% were clinically low. Wow. So, and it's going back to what is, what is the base of our pyramid? magnesium and all the minerals we think about taking vitamins but we really have to go back to the mineral kingdom because yeah. the soil yeah. is so depleted particularly with monsanto it depletes the the uh, magnesium for 50 years and everyone's magnesium deficient is where everybody's having panic attacks and they're so anxious the first thing you do is take your magnesium but again we have to remineralize the body i actually had two patients and one doctor that was able to remineralize their thyroid. They had hypothyroid by drinking bone broth every day for a month. They remineralized their thyroid. Oh yeah, it's the passionate health advocate dance break. Now get up and shake your thing. I know bone broth, uh, a lot of people are turning to that nowadays, especially now that we have the holidays, people are taking advantage of bone broth. Um, but I don't want to uh, overwhelm everybody listening. So let's talk about some steps. It's like if they aren't aware, maybe some people are aware of what's going on. So if, if some people are dealing with uh, breast cancer or they have a family history of that or cancer in general, where can they start? Where can they get some guidance? 
Is there a list that you have on your website or do you have a resource where people can go to just even eat better that's going to support people dealing with that? Yeah, I have a lot of blogs on my website. It's patricialucardi.com. The the company that I'm with is Breast Thermography International and their website is BTI Scan, stands for Breast Thermography International Scan. And a woman can go to that and look at the lab locations around the country. There are other groups out there, preferably you wanna have one that has the color rainbow scale and the black and white scale. Um, It's not covered by insurance. It was covered by insurance until 1984 and the mammography lobby took it out. But again, uh, there is an interesting book that's called Dress to Kill, The Link Between Breast Cancer and Bras. And um, I will tell you, it's uh, bras are wicked. It's they are, our breasts are, pendu- are, are pendulums, pendulums, and they are supposed to be cooler. They actually run a degree or two cooler. And if we wear breasts that are smashed to our chest, like sports bras, underwire bras are absolutely useless. They are absolutely useless. If you want your breasts to stand up, you use your strap to pull them up, not the wire because it stops right there under the arm at the lymph system. Mm-hmm. And I, in my book, I have um, interviewed a couple of lymphatic therapists and the lymph backup, you know, it will find, you know, tender breasts, lumpy breasts, uh, armpits swollen up. Again, if a woman sleeps in her bra, that is the worst thing on the, she can ever do to her health because the limp is actually able to flow when we're sleeping with the bra off. A rebounder, just jumping very lightly on a rebounder. You don't have a rebounder, bend your knees a little bit and just slightly bounce, bounce, bounce. Don't wanna be too much because that goes into cardio, but just simple things like take off your bra, massage your breast. I know self-touch can be, can be, you know, can bring up issues for some women, but there's beautiful oils out there you know, the citrus oils, the frankincense. Um, one has, a lot of these oils are, you know, they're medicinal because we know there's a lot of oils out there with living, uh, what is it called? Um, doTERRA and living, uh, oh, yeah. whatever those different ones, but different you know, oils. yeah, but the, some of the oils are estrogenic. So you have to talk to your rep to see what they are. But, you know, I've got beautiful um, massage oil for my breast and just love your breast every day. Take that bra off, get a different bra. Don't have it tight. If it's too tight and it's leaving a mark, you can get like bra extenders and it should never be leaving a mark. If a woman is getting tingling in her hands, many times it's coming from the strap. And you know that as a, as a therapist, you can see like it grooves in, in into yes, it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, plant-based diet, love your breast, take off your bra, jump around, move your limp. And make sure you're taking some iodine and some uh, vitamin D. Okay. Limit and limit the alcohol and don't drink coffee. You know, you can have green tea is excellent for the breast, but coffee does turn into estrogen in 45 minutes. Okay. It's a, it's a lot to take in, but it sounds like uh, there are resources that can help guide people that are dealing with this situation. And those are really good tips. Even just talking about, uh, the standard things of, of letting your breast tissue breathe, uh, noticing the bra, because that is not discussed in regular uh, medical care. And I know in the past, they used to have people check, you know, in the past, they used to say, check for your breast health, check for lumps. 
Um, and they are no longer doing that. What is your take on, on that information? Uh, to be honest, our breasts are monetized. So um, one thing I would like to say, then, and, and that is my book, Thermography and the Fibrocystic and Dense Breast. So we talked about the fibrocystic breast, which is estrogen dominance. And, you know, with that can be lumps, bumps, and cysts. But the other one is breast density. And a woman may be told if she has a mammogram or an ultrasound, which would come obviously at an older age, that she has dense breasts. It's not abnormal. 49% of women have dense breasts. It just means there's more glandular and connective tissue there. But um, many women at a young age might find a lump in her breast and they go, and they say, well, we're going to have to do a biopsy. Well, that's traumatizing. Many times they leave a chip in there. But the good news is that 85, 80% of the biopsies are false positives. That means that that was a benign, mm -hmm. a benign um, lump in her breast because a tumor is white and connective tissue is white. So on a mammogram, it will be white for dense breast. And it's like trying to find a, a, a snowball in a snowstorm. So women who depend on conventional screening because insurance pays for it, and it's, it's mammography and ultrasound or an MRI. If she has dense breasts and she relies solely on conventional screening, she has a 75% risk of having breast cancer because they cannot see it. But they will continue to radiate a woman every year with lumpy breast and dense breasts because they can't see it. And that's why I wrote the book because I was starting to see a pattern there. And um, so of course, if a woman wants to get a mammogram, that's up to her. But the studies have shown that mammography, um, the harm outweighs the good. And I like to quote Dr. Christian Northrup. Do you know who she is? Yes, I do. An advocate for women's health forever. And she said, why would you want to radiate healthy breasts? Mm. Now think about it. If a man had his testicles between two pieces of cold steel and mashed them like a pancake and radiated them. Do you think that that system would continue? No, no. I don't think that well, it's never started. I mean, to answer your question, it's never started. So they wouldn't even get started on that one. Yeah. Yeah. But in so, my book and in my book, I kept mm -hmm. it very short because I said, you know, really, I know that the reader's time is valuable. Nobody wants to read a 300 page book and it's only 110 pages and it is a resource guide. It's easy to read. You can read it in an hour and I have lots of uh, resources in there. And I just take a woman through what her anatomy is, mm -hmm. um, the, different, uh, the different vitamins and nutrients and oils that are good for a breast, the lymphatic system. Ah, we can't talk about uh, breast health without talking about oral health. As a thermographer, we see a lot of oral inflammation draining into down the neck and into the clavicular area and into the breast. And um, we, you know, the mouth is an extension of the stomach, but if a person has root canals or amalgams, there is drainage there. So if anybody has seen that movie called Root Cause, it was taken off Netflix within a, a week. Uh, you can buy it on YouTube and Amazon and it's the truth on root canals. So if a person has root canals, I highly suggest going to a biological holistic dentist and uh, staying on top of uh, oral health because those meridians, every tooth is sitting on a meridian. And those meridians, some of those meridians just go straight down the body, right, right through the breast. 
And I have had women that have gone and had their root canals taken out and their breasts were better. So again, that's is the connection between oral health and our lymphatic system because it just constantly drains into it. Yeah, yeah, that's good to know. That's definitely eye-opening for people listening. And I'm happy that you have a book out there that it seems like it's easy to digest and to take in the information and have a good resource for people. And you mentioned about the international thermography scanning, that site that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. How, you know, in the States, I mean, we have a lot of listeners that are outside of the country, but majority of the listeners are in the States. And what is your advice for someone that may, you know, relies heavily on insurance? How could they actually get a scan? I mean, is it, is it pricey? Do they ever have any discounts? Do you, how, do, how does one go about finding it? And is it in every location, every state? Well, that's, you know, there are other thermographers that are out there. I mean, we're, we have a lot in California, Miami, some in Texas, all to the Northeast. Um, well, I'll say Breast Thermography International is the leading interpreter, and we are pushing for a standardization in the industry because we all have to be on the same page. This right. is ever right. going to be picked up by insurance again. Um, we've kept our prices very low. A breast exam runs anywhere between 200 or 255 You know, I mean, you think about what you spend on a pair of shoes or, you know, Mm -hmm. and a bottle of wine. So you one and really has to prioritize their breast. When someone comes to me and they are, they're broke. I got, you know, I'm not going to send them away because I'm not into this for the money. You know, I'm into helping people stay healthy, but they offer upper body exams. Um, that's the head and the trunk and full body. And it's interesting to note that the company that I'm with breast thermography international, they said, if, the name was not breast thermography. They would no longer just offer breast exams because they see so much stuff draining out of the oral cavity into the lymphatic system. Wow. So if they're seeing that drainage. We really can't address it because the woman didn't get a, an upper body. You know, it's not just for, for women. Men do this too. But um, again, it's, it's, it's a study of heat. It can't see anatomical structure, but it can see like there's heat in the intestines, heats in the, in the, different parts of the abdominal cavity. It can look at vascular patterns. It can look at, there's a lack of heat, say on the carotid artery, it would be cold and God forbid, you don't want to have lack of heat in a, in a carotid artery because that means you're setting up for a stroke. Actually, I had a woman who did have a vascular pattern on her leg and she didn't do anything about it. And she called me seven months later, she had a pulmonary embolism. I said, well, you didn't you go to the doctor? She said, well, I didn't. I said, well, you didn't follow the instructions and you didn't follow the advice of the doctor that was giving you the, the, you know, the um, interpretation. So what do you do with this information? You're getting information that's going to be long before it shows up in mainstream medical situations. So that's what prevention is. We eat a certain way because we're wanting prevention. We exercise. We have certain lifestyles healthy lifestyles because we want to prevent these things from happening. We want to really focus on health and not sickness, but we whole system, we have a medical system that's just focused on profit and, um, and illness. Yes. It's really unfortunate because in the medical system, uh, there are tremendous practitioners, doctors, physicians, everyone that is trying to do their part. Unfortunately, the system, uh, is, is a bit challenged. And so that's why one, this ex program exists because we're trying to help people get the right information and to take action because everyone has their part to play if they wanna have better health. 
And talking with you, you have great resources and also another option for breast health and then overall body health. Cause you're saying these scans can detect prevention throughout the whole body. You said upper body, does it do extremities or is it just more of the trunk upward? Well, there's, that would be in the full body. Um, you know, they're looking at carotid artery, the lymphatic system, the breast, the abdominal cavity. Um, even though some studies have been on ovarian cancer and actually one of my patients actually did have ovarian cancer with like a black streak going down her abdomen. She actually is in remission right now, by the way. And, um, and then with the extremities, they can see, well, as a body worker, you can see like their impingement. So there might be cold fingers or toes. It can show yeah. the body's out of alignment. It can show, you know, um, the gait, how the uh, feet are holding the body. Sometimes, you know, one side's mm -hmm. higher than the other. I actually had a trigger point showed up as a little white spot on a person and um, vascular patterns, uh, inflammation, uh, cervical, you know, it's great for chiropractors. Chiropractors was, they were using thermography way back. And um, again, you can see when the body's out of alignment, you know, just with the feet. So it's just, you know, it's, it, it's not a, it's not a tell all, but you know, it's a great way to see what's going on in your body. You can't see through bones. It can't see through your skull, but you know, it can give us a lot of information. It's really prevention. Great. And then if someone were again, to get the scan, whoever is the technician that's, that's doing the scan, they're going to give them follow-up, going to give them a protocol or, or suggestions or recommendations of, of what the reading was. And then now how to proceed from that. Is that what happens? Right. Well, we always have give access to our doctors. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. I work with doctors. We actually train doctors to be able to read these. In my own practice, you know, I refer to our doctor, particularly for a full body, and then I do the protocols to help them get their body back in, um, you know, detox and get the estrogens out. But the best thing is that when they come back in six months and they're compliant, they actually see the results. They can visually see the results. Nice. But all thermography um, uh, uh, groups always have interpreting doctors. So they have access to the doctors to do um, a follow-up and they can explain it. But they, these reports come fully interpreted. There's right. always access to a doctor, always. always oh, good, good. Great. So if uh, people wanted to learn more uh, and are they able to get in touch with you? Like you said, you have your website and, um, is there anything else besides the thermography scans that you're recommending and your book? Well, the book, I, I mean, of course I have, um, you know, I have blogs and articles on it, but just to go to btiscan.com, I mean, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel because they have the studies they have, um, you know, they have case studies, they have the images, and you can read about the science on it. And, you know, if a person, you know, wants that, a lot of people kind of want to know what they're getting into. You mentioned but, before we started um, about a protocol. Did you want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, yes. It's called um, Breast Protection Detox Protocol, um, a six-month comprehensive protocol for women to detox and reduce harmful environmental estrogens while optimizing and restoring breast health. Oh, and um, I work with a couple of nutraceutical companies and it entails doing uh, compounds from the broccoli kingdom, uh, curcumin, which is an anti-inflammatory. I work with iodine. Another beautiful thing that a woman can do is Lugol solution. It's a 2% solution of iodine. 
you know, with a carrier oil or some of these, um, or, you know, a lot of these uh, oils, they have oils now for the breast and just massage the breast with iodine. That's good because uh, a lot of lumps will leave through iodine uh, massage. Um, what else does it entail? And then it has a, I have a 14 day protocol that's um, it's, it's through Designs for Health. And you know, where you have the packets of food and you drink it once a day, twi you know, twice a day and it detoxes, it's a, it's a metabolic cleanse. Okay. And then taking yeah. these nutrients. And honestly, I use these, I, I still take the DIM and the sulforaphane every day. I've taken it for years because when are we never not exposed to foreign estrogens? And it has that innate wisdom to go right to those receptor sites and take those foreign estrogens off, takes the bad estrogen. And it's interesting that iodine turns on estriol, which is a good estrogen. So these are just the things that our breasts love. You know, I mean, bras are wicked. Ditch those bras, ladies, because they're not making us have good breast health. Okay. Well, that sounds really good. You have the two types of protocols. You have a 14-day and you have a six-month, so that's something. No, no, it, uh, no, they all go together. It's oh, they go together. together. Okay. The 14-day and then the nutrients you just take every day. Um, actually one of my best, um, poster girls, she was completely estrogen dominant and she did this for, she ended up doing it for a year. She came for her second year follow-up and she's maintained this because she continued to take the sulforaphane at the end of it. She said, now, may I please go out? She's French. She said, I could I please go out and have a big piece of French cake. I said, honey, you can eat the entire cake. You have done so well. Please help yourself to it. Oh, but she fantastic. was compliant and her breasts are beautiful. So she feels, you know, she feels good. But why does anybody get breast cancer? We don't know because eight out of 10 cancers now are coming from toxins. So I like to quote this doctor in this in New York City, Dr. Patrick Fratalone. He said, you wouldn't leave chemicals and toxins on your kitchen table. Why would you want to leave them on your breast? Get rid mm. of them. Because you never know when they're going to flip a switch. You just never yeah. know. You never Very know. true. Very true. Thank you for all of this information. You've just opened the doors to breast health, uh, actually full body health, but specifically breast health with your book and the protocols and all the the way the environment is affecting us now. And now that people, some people have more time on their hands because of the pandemic, but it really is helping everybody, whether how much time you have or not, I think everyone is re-examining their life and their health right now. And, and so you are a great resource for women to get started and just to reach out to your website and try those protocols or at least read the book, get really good information and we can take action on our own to move forward and maybe even find a thermography scan near us. That'd be good. Thank you. So thank you so much for being here. And um, I really appreciate it. And I hope that we can learn more from you in the future. Well, here's to happy, healthy breast. <laughs> yes. Cheers to that with uh, some right. green tea. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, you know, let's celebrate our breast health. We, we want to keep them for the rest of our life. Yes, we do. All right. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you, Patricia. Before we go, I just want to remind you that all of Patricia Locardi's resources are going to be written in the show notes. That includes her book, Thermography and the Fibrocystic and Dense Breast, along with her Radiation-Free Survival Guide and a Thermography Lab Locator, 
lastly, her website that will include the Breast Protection Detox Protocol. Thanks for joining the Passionate Health Advocate Show with your host, Denise DeShutler. Like what you hear? Then subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.